1: So um, we have got a pretty heavy topic, but also a topic full of amazing hope today because we're talking about the topic of addiction, but that's only a small piece of this because the bigger piece of this is just the light that Christ and the Holy Spirit and our faith brings in the the darkness that can be addiction because we're talking today about an amazing a ministry that was founded um, by a nun in Italy back in July of 1983, and it's called Chinacolo And there's so much about Chinnacolo that it's going to be hard to share all of it just in this short time we have together today. But we are very blessed because we have got with us today Albino. He's known as the formal troublemaker working with Chinakalo in the Americas, but he's really responsible. So he's responsible for Chinakalo in the Americas, and there are 72 houses and missions around the world um, in 20 different countries, and you'll learn more about that. Albino also brought with him two of the residents of Chinakalo in North America, and so we're going to be so excited to introduce these two beautiful young women to you today as well. But before we get into those details, in more detail, we'd love to open in prayer, as we always do. So, John, would you open us in prayer?
2: I would love to. Let's start in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, our first instinct always in prayer is, is to reach up and look up and give you thanks and praise for your constant providence and for the gifts that you pour out sometimes that we recognize and many times that we don't and saint augustine said it best and we echo his prayers and you have created us for yourselves O lord and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee Mm -hmm. and you call us constantly and we confuse that call sometimes and we search for you and we ache for you and and we find the wrong ways to fill that ache for you and still you reach out and call and today father while we are together we just ask you to touch the minds and hearts and souls of our listeners, those who are searching, those who are aching, and those who are confident in your grace. And just touch all of us to understand what it is that you would have us know today so that our thoughts and words and deeds might constantly give glory to you. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
3: Amen. Albino, our listeners always love to hear about faith journeys of other people, right? Because too many times we look at those that are doing what we would consider significant things and assume they were born uh, without sin, they were raised without sin, and magically they, you know, glow when they walk. <laughs> and a lot of times uh, that's not really the case, and God brings us from a one point, very different point, to another point. So would you be kind enough to share your faith journey with us? My
4: name is Albino Araño. I'm Italian. I uh, was born in North Italy, Savigliano, and a small town. I am 66 years old. In my times as a young... Uh, you know, we all went to church as a part of our culture, you know. You know, be baptized, the First Communion, uh, Confirmation, the whole time... And even in our young age, uh, we were spending a lot of time in a oratorium, you know, that, uh, that was really part of our culture. You know, that's uh, how we all grew up over there, playing and, and being around, uh, exposed to the good of the church in those days. And so, and also, you know, pretty much I was a good uh, You know, for sure, uh, with my own struggles, uh, whatever, you know, like a normal teenager. But growing up, I spent a lot of time around the church. And then at one point uh, in, uh, you know, my parents, uh, they were also good Catholic, but not like, uh, you know, going to mass every Sunday. And that's like, it was the normal part of our our, uh, society and also our culture completely. And then I, when I was around uh, 16, 17, so then I started like a click. Uh, the rebellions, uh, something different, uh, searching for something new, who knows, you know, what I... You know something. Also, you know, I always try to be rebellious. You know, but I never like to follow completely the rules. And, you know, so, <laughs> so that started this idea. You know, and then pretty much so. And then I went to completely to the other side, the opposite of the church. So really, as a mind, mentality, political, uh, rebellious. Uh, you know, so, so really. And, uh, and also all of that led me to experience, experiment. In my times, there was really experiment with uh, light transfers. And then uh, you started with the light one, and then it went to, to the, another uh, direction and another. And so I started my journey in the darkness, and I abandoned it completely my faith, uh, you know, against the church uh, mentality, you know, completely in the opposite way. All of my videos on darkness lasted for a while, I would say 15 years. And then, you know, through through like uh, a lot of, uh, you know, different experience, which, uh, you know, it's a a journey with the drugs and addiction, uh, you name it. And then at one point, you know, I remember that arriving to the point that, uh, you know, you lost everything, you are sad, unhappy, no life inside, no life outside, burn every bridges. lose everything I had. And so then when I decided to, you know, mm. I had the opportunity <clears throat> through tough love uh, from everybody around me that I entered in, you know, I found that was just open for the last seven years, uh, really close by to my own town, really close by. I remember when they opened in the early days because a couple of my friends went over there, you know, in the early days. So I was exposed to that, but it was not my time because sometimes you need to arrive to your own time. Mm. Oh, because sometimes it's not like uh, like we always said in god times you know right. and they are not my you know our own times so that's when uh, i pretty much introduced and immersed into an incredible journey of faith that uh, I was kind of refresh restart and reborn mm-hmm. completely It was also it's not that many community not for sure to discover the faith, because also it was a, even against completely. But also, in a time when you are immersed, and then what's happening. And, and through the, the journey of the community, really, that's where I, my faith was refreshed and restart and reborn. You know, even if in the beginning it was against. But I remember our founder, Mother Rivera, was, was very wise, and is very wise. Even now, is more impaired. But she always t- told us when we were coming in community, don't worry about the faith. I have the faith for you. Oh, wow. wow. I believe for you. Because also, you know, when you're coming from after all our experience that we have had, you name it. So you're only in a position to understand and to comprehend what's happening, you know? So, and she was really, amazing it's just that you know don't because i remember telling her i don't believe i don't think they're gonna believe ever you know i am against you know she always let us talk but they say don't worry about that (laughs) because not the time to worry about that now now is the time to start living again you know and so then uh, little by little uh, the faith started also by example because when we arrive in community you have a chapel and then you see a bunch of drug addicts kneeling down in the chapel. Mm. And also that's also the example of say if they do it, which some of them I knew even from before, if they do it, I can do it too. So then everything started and then the mind clears and then you understand and then so took me a long time to really re embrace the faith inside. But I was just doing it. You know, and not like I became a theologian. In community, we are not going to that part. But we are much more like in a concrete faith, you know, mm-hmm. like the faith of service, the faith of uh, helping others, the faith of really desire the life of everybody that is around you, you know. So that is like uh, the concrete faith that and also sacrifices uh, and believing, you know, uh, our community is a perfect example of, of faith because trusting in God completely because the way that is run, no, not super, you know, competent, I would say. You know, people, there were no people who would not trust them before in any way. You know, how can you trust a bunch of addicts mm-hmm. mm-hmm. living together, you know? So it's not like there was so much trust. And then second one, also, we depend completely on God, you know, like in everything we have, in everything we do, you know, even in going buy food. We don't buy food or whatever, you know. People come just, you know, everything we receive. So that is also an incredible teaching of faith because you see it, you touch it with your own hand, you know? And, they, you know, so that is also a create like, a, that is the best expression also for the people they don't believe or they come, say so even if they don't believe, but they touch with their own end. Yeah. You know, so that's also what's happened for me. You know, even for a long time we didn't believe, it, but I touched it. You know, I saw it. You know, so and then, and also Mother Vera, really, she is the one the expression of faith. You know, I want to be like her. You know, in a way, so you you have somebody to follow that really believes and spend a lot of time in prayers and kneeling down and, uh, and nights. Uh, you know, so that was the example that we had in front of us. You know. Yeah. And that also gave us gave me the this journey beautiful journey that I re experienced, you know. So uh,
2: So it was deep. Yeah, that, that was, was, there amazing. was a ton there. In there. <laughs> and there was I heard sacrifice, I heard faith, I heard I have faith for you, I heard prayer. And Albino, it's it, it's clearly, listening to you, a powerful, powerful scenario, and the success that we're going to talk about a little bit later is is amazing. But maybe back us up for a second and talk about how the ministry was founded. And, and Mother Elvira, yeah. clearly uh, a powerful, powerful force of faith. Maybe tell us a little bit about Chinacolo and how it was formed.
4: Chinacolo was started from this nun, uh, Mother uh, Sister Elvira. This was in 1983. That she had... Uh, she's not like a, a person that uh, wake up one night and say, tomorrow I'm going to open a community, you know, it's not like a but she saw in her times you know, there was like an 80s late 70s uh, in Italy, we were following the United States, in a way, the, the rebellion, the drugs uh, you know, you name it, so there is uh, the whole culture in those days, you know and she saw it from the inside of the convent, she saw really, these youth, they were lost and desperate, and there was not much uh, help for them because also it was pretty much everything was new, you know. The the moment of the, the introduction of drugs was the beginning in those days, and so there was not much help for that. There was also other priests that started different communities in in Italy, but uh, you know, she had this fervent desire to do something for the youth. And pretty much of it, she was in the convent, and everybody, even the superior over there, when she tried to speak with the superior, everybody said, you are not competent, you mm. didn't study, you do, what do you know about, what can you do for them? And, so, and they make it wait for a long time, six, seven years. And she waited and waited until one day she found, you know, she was uh, uh, in a, the order was also doing this, kindergartens in a a small town, and they were running kindergartens, you know. like. And she worked in the city, in the town of Saluzzo. She she knew the area. Well, she knew there was an old abandoned house on top of the hill. And she asked the the mayor of the town if she could use it for, you know. And they allowed her to use it, you know. And so, pretty much at one point, she couldn't wait anymore. And she pretty much left, you know, with another sister, and another layperson, and they went into this, this abandoned old house, old villa, really on a beautiful location, but really in pieces, abandoned for many years. And, you know, that uh, community started to start working over there, uh, trying, cleaning up the property, and then little by little... Uh, Young people came in, you know, they heard there was this, uh, this nun over there that wanted to try to help, and some people walked in, and then, and then it started like that. So there was not like, the, the, the study or the preparation or <laughs> the uh, problem. Like, think about in America, we're going to plant, boom, boom. Yeah, you know, yeah, what do we know? That was really a work of faith of the Holy Spirit. So she started with the desire to really do something for the youth. That's how it started. So pretty much being a nun, she continued to do the morning prayer, even a prayer, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the first room that they fixed was an old, like a little room and it became the chapel and the guys over there, they start working, you know, and uh, uh, some people bring support, uh, material, you know, like uh, sand and gravel, you know, to pour, to finish up and fixing, the. the you know, to, to really create an ambient good for everybody to live with. And little by little, uh, you know, so even the, the prayer was not introduced immediately to the young people in community. She said, in it, case like she was one to force them to pray. But mm-hmm. even some of them, they were the one asking them, what are you doing? Oh, we are praying, so can we join you? So mm-hmm. that's also, like the prayer was introduced, not immediate, immediately, but, you know, in time, you know? And then in the beginning, she allowed them to smoke. And then she realized, you know, that they were fighting for the cigarettes.
1: Yeah.
4: You know, that's how we are, you know. <laughs> so the cigarettes become a, like a trading, you know. Right. Like, I'm going to give you cigarettes, I'm my to make my bed. And this, and <laughs> so and there's no cigarettes anymore. Authority. She was an authority. And yeah, not afraid. She said, if you want to leave, everybody can leave. We're going to give you money for the bus ticket. And then, you know, they, they make a nice uh, fire pit, you know, like they burn all the cigarettes and nobody left. Wow. You know, in a way. So, so like, uh, they also see uh, the faith, but also no fear. Yeah,
1: faith
4: and no fear. The courage, the courage because still very courageous. Think about the, Also, people were criticizing her, you know, a nun with a bunch of drug addicts. You think how many gossip can happen in a small town and so and so. But she knew there was the line, and she had, like, a, I, always, I always say she had a direct line yeah. with God, and also the protection of the Blessed Mother. And that's why she, boom, determined, she never stopped. It. So that's how it started, the community. And uh, yeah, I would say after a few years, uh, you know, she was thinking that the house, okay, one house, that's it. That's what is going to happen. And then the first house filled up. And so after that, they say, you know, we need to look for the second house. And they found the second house not far from the first one. And the divine providence always has been an incredible instrument because also, you know, she was not getting, taking money from the government. She was like, like completely depending on God's providence to some people. And so and, and also, that's also the best part of the faith because you touch it mm. and you see it. And for us addicts, we don't believe in anything and we don't trust in anything. Also, is a mentality that we have because it's a mentality that doesn't trust. Because Mm. you live just always watching your back because you do something illegal all the time. Mm. You need to cover up all the time because you do something that you're not supposed to do, you know. So that's why there is not a trust. And also you are in people with, with people that, you know, it's not like you can trust them. So instead, in community, the fact that uh, people were bringing whatever they need to bring, or food, and also it's not like calling, okay, I need this, I need that. No, just coming and also learning how to stay without, too. So there was this need to open the second house, and then the second house was open, and then, uh, you know, the second house filled up, and then the third house. And she was always saying, uh, I'm amazed. I will never picture that. And also, who am I? Also very humble too, you know. And why God is choosing me to do this, you know. And also, another great thing is that he always said that uh, everything, also the little rules that happen in community, which we can explain more later. But he always said everything that I do and I have learned, I learned from the addicts. My book of the community is the book of life that I learned from the people living in community. Mm. Because who better than them knows what is the real story and what what can be good for them, you know? And that's why in community there are no professional people. There are no like uh, the expert. She always said the, the best experts are the people that went through that. Mm. So that's why the best expert for us is like a person that is helping the others. And so then one, two, three, four, and then uh, so we open many. And I entered a community when I had, there were seven community houses, 1990. I did my journey in Europe in different places, in different houses. And then three years later, they sent me to America to open the community in America. Think about Mother Villa, courageous, the priest invited her to come to America to say yes. I sent seven Italians without speaking much English, <laughs> you know, to open the community in America. But also, you see also the saints, how they think, completely not in a normal way. Since then, seven of us just trusted us to go in America, which has been a, an incredible journey and not an easy one to begin with. But there's been a beautiful journey, too,
1: you know, a journey of faith, a journey of love. Oh, my gosh. That's so amazing. It's so amazing. Uh, just We're enthralled. I think we're enthralled. Listeners, if you are just tuning in to the family room with us here today, you are listening to the voice of our Italian, our new Italian friend, Albino Aragno, and he is the director of Cenacolo, and that's spelled C-E-N-A-C-O-L-O. Um, but if you want to learn more about Cenacolo, we'll have it on our show notes and tell you more as well. But you can go to Hope Reborn. And read about this amazing story he's talking about where Sister Elvira, just with grace and the Holy Spirit and a, this attitude of faith and can do opened her first house 40 years ago. So you're on your 40th anniversary. Yeah. And now there are 72 houses in over 20 countries around the world. It's um, so absolutely amazing. As you talked, there were a couple of things that I thought were so amazing. She didn't have any formal education. She didn't have any formal schooling in how do you help a drug addict, but it was the Holy Spirit who's done it. And as you said, she then continued to just learn from them, and she modeled prayer and humility and faith and Her faith was enough for everybody. And I know that one of the phrases that you say at Chinakalo is now is ora et labora. So prayer and work, which is a lot of what the day is like is prayer and work.
3: What's interesting, though, what struck me was the whole idea of she didn't tell us what we had to go do Mm. by other people living the faith that have grown in the faith, praying, whether it's other addicts or other people, drew you and others into like, wow, if they're going to do it and they're just like me. Why don't I go do it? And it's just another one of those testimonies of how living our faith is going to be a bigger example and a better example than me trying to preach it or me trying to tell somebody live it, love it. And then frankly, and I, what I love is leave it up to God. Mm-hmm. These are God's works and not ours. We take too much credit for it.
1: Yeah. And so Chinook Low, it's open to women 18 to 30 and young men 18 to 40, so that's kind of an age. But then there is a process, and I know we'll talk about it a little bit later, about people apply to come and be part of community and it's free, it's offered for free. Like you said, you just rely on the Holy Spirit to provide everything you need, food and clothes and hygiene product and everything else. And we're gonna tap in more after the break to hear more from these beautiful young ladies, but we do have two current residents of Chinaculo here in the U.S. with us today. So we'd like to introduce and say hello to to Marley and Jacqueline. Ladies, hello and welcome to the family room. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Would either one of you like to um, tell us a little bit about yourself? and how you came to Chinacolo.
5: So my name is Marley, and I've been in community in America in the women's house for a little over a year and a half now. And yeah, just a little bit about me. Growing up, I was a very, like, lively child and, and very, very free, But just kind of how the world is today, you know, like you go throughout your life. And you, I feel like I was um, this liveliness and this, like, freedom and this, like, I was like a social butterfly, kind of, like, you know, didn't sit still in class. I was very different from, like, the rest of the kids in the class. But quite often it was very, like, um shut down, you know, by my teachers or my peers. And so, like, this, like, joy that I feel like I had was often, like, yeah outcasted or like seen as different not well behaved or not good or mm. so yeah i struggled a lot at home So my my family was struggling at this time and so i, I grew up pretty quick i feel like i feel like this um joy and, this, and my ability to like express myself as a child kind of was like muted. and so i grew up in i i'm the only child i grew up catholic i went to catholic school my whole life so i was raised in the faith um yeah, just growing up I guess I was like um, always because of this I felt very different I felt very like outcast or um, I was always like searching searching for for love I felt very unlovable as a child you know mm. like for many many different reasons but I think we all can like as the youth today can experience that like we someone wants us to to be be something else be like something else or um yeah, you know, just, they just, you're not good the way you are mm. type of thing. And so I really struggled with that in school. And so like I went on this, like, search for, for love and, like, all the wrong, like, areas of life. And, um, yeah, just growing up, I got into a lot of, like, um, toxic relationships. And I was in a really toxic relationship for for a very long time. And it was really difficult for me to get out of. Um, I was probably like sixteen, seventeen up until college like twenty twenty one. Uh, and so I was finally able to like um, to like leave. and um, in this in this time and throughout high school, I was like um struggling to with um, with like experimenting and like doing um hanging out partying, with the like hanging out with the wrong people um yeah i had an emptiness that i was like trying to fill and at this time i wasn't practicing my faith i wasn't going to church i wasn't um yeah i was pretty far from it and um but then after i got out of this relationship it's kind of where my life really took a turn i was super broken um and i turned to to drugs harder drugs and i just became like physically dependent um and yeah, I had to drop out of school. I lost my job, and I just I just lost everything. I was very, very lost and just, like, desperate. And so coming to hearing about community, I had a family member in community. Uh, not in community, but who, like, considered coming to community because she also struggled with the same thing. She never did, but, like, we, I had known about it for, like, probably, like, 10 years from her. But, like, my family was, like, encouraging her to, like, try it, come and try, and um, not knowing that one day it would be for me, Mm. and my family knew it would be for me. Um, But, yeah, I I was very, very scared. I tried treatment. It didn't work out, you know? Mm. But, like, also, too, I knew it in my heart that, like, the sadness that I felt for so long and, like, the the joy that I had lost or, like, um, the thing I was searching for wouldn't be, like, it would take longer than 90 days, you know, it would take longer than, than even a year. Um, for a moment, I wasn't willing to accept that, but I also, like, when my, all my options were exhausted, I had a piece that, like, um, yeah, that only, it wasn't just, it wasn't just to get sober. It wasn't just, like, the drugs like I had something interiorly I had a sadness I had like um lost myself so much that I needed a lot of healing and I needed something more and I knew that like God had put that on my heart to surrender Mm. and like and come to community it was really a grace to like have that mindset to just surrender that is great and like be yeah. And when we come yeah. back
1: from our break, we want to hear more about that because that's beautiful, mm-hmm. that grace that you walked into, Marley. Thank mm-hmm. you so very much. So listeners, mm-hmm. we would like you to come back and be with us here in the family room in just a few minutes.
0: We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Sprite on the Quest.
6: St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com.
0: Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig, sponsored by VerSprite on AM 1160 The Quest.
3: Welcome back into the family room. We're having a great conversation about an organization called Chinoculo. And we have Albino, who is the uh, director for North America. And we also have two of the young ladies who are actually in community with them, Marley and Jacqueline. And if you were paying attention, you got a lot of information about Chinoculo. And then also started to hear Marley's journey down this path from darkness to light. So if I could, Marley, can I ask you to uh, jump back in for your story mm-hmm. and then would like to hear from Jacqueline as well to hear a little more about your story as well. And for those of you, because it's radio, uh, you can't see the beauty of these young ladies. When you hear about darkness, you picture something. But for us in the studio who can see them, all you see is light. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome to see what this community has done for you not seeing you before, but seeing you today, you can see that there's a light, a beauty, and a hope in your faces. Marley. do you mind bringing us back in?
5: Yes, for sure. So, yes, yeah, just entering community was super scary, but um, like I was saying, like, giving the grace to, to surrender, that was really what got me through it and, like, hanging on to that. Like, that was my little miracle that God gave me to encounter Him again, because when I entered community, I was just lost, and... Didn't know what I was fine. I didn't know much about the community at all. Uh, I just came. I didn't bring anything. I just came, and I was, like, provided for. You know, you just, I didn't come with anything. i just myself, and, and, and people loved me. You know, when we when I first got the community, we, we call it a guardian angel that we receive, and that someone is introducing you to the community, and they're with you for a month. You're with them. You work with them all day. You're with that one person. And like um, coming from um, just our backgrounds and where we come from, it's like your first friend again, like the first person that you can like really trust in. Yeah, and that for me gave me a lot of like hope. Also knowing that like, yeah, just seeing people like me who have gone through the same things and have like similar stories um, have such faith. Like how they, how they're, the decisions that they make throughout their day is like what I wanted and what I wanted for myself. And, you yeah, just seeing their testimonies is kind of what got me through the first, like, six months. And I, you know, following, being a follower in a good way. <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't know what you're doing, you go through the emotions, But then before you know it, like, the healing starts happening, and you start to wake up to, like, what God is, like, doing in your life. And now looking back on it, I can see His hand, and I can see even why I had to go through my addiction in the first place, you know. And then I was able to be a guardian angels is someone entering mm, wow and you know it's,
3: it's a gift hey, what a blessing mm-hmm. that's beautiful and what about you Jacqueline why don't you bring us into your story
5: hi so my parents got divorced and I was only seven years old and I've always lived in this fantasy world that my life is perfect, everything's perfect, I'm perfect. <laughs> I wear this huge mask that I just live in this pink world all the time. And um, when I was young, I never really experienced anything bad. I always just told myself, life is good, like every day is good. And it became this like huge mask throughout my life. I lived in two different worlds. And I was ashamed that people would find out my life behind closed doors. Mm. So I always was super happy, super energized. And that's like my natural state. But I would always be over the top to make sure people knew that I was that way. I lived with my mom half and then with my dad half. And I would go between both houses and live two completely different lifestyles in one week. Mm-hmm. I lived in an ordered household with my mother and I was always provided for. i would never been without. And then on the other hand, I lived in a pretty toxic household with my father and there was always aggressive arguments going on and I was always shut down. I was told who I was I was told what I was capable of and what I was not capable of and I had no freedom to be who I I wanted to be or who I could maybe try to find out who I was so I began to wear all these masks because I wanted to be seen a certain way and I wanted the love of my father you know I would constantly try to reach out to him and be that daughter and like be like dad just see me like look at I. I started to try to rack up all these accomplishments Being good in school, always being the best athlete. I tried to be the best at everything just to come home and be like, Dad, look, I'm good, and it was never received. I was always still shut down. And because I wasn't receiving the love and attention I wanted at home, I tried receiving it from the world. And in school, I would try to be the class clown and be the most noticed person in all ways. I was always constantly changing who I was for who I was around mm-hmm. and I would put on a mask of being the friend that everybody wanted and in a lot of ways I would change who I was for the people around me you know I was super lost and I just wanted to be loved I would change my wardrobe I would I was so extreme in all my ways because I just wanted love so badly. I would change my wardrobe to fit in with a, a group of kids.
3: Hmm.
5: I would change the way I talked, the way I dressed, the way I acted. I would change my curriculum and, like, the activities I did. I got into so many different things, and I'm so all or nothing that I gave my all and everything trying to be friends with this one group, and then I saw it wasn't fulfilling, so then I dropped that to go to the next group. I would even wear the mask on like social media of trying to be this person and try to be like the one that everyone likes. And I would get super upset if I wasn't like getting that attention off of social media. And this this grew into me like wanting to gain a lot of control. And I've completely lost control of my entire life and who I was. And I later in life found who Christ was. I wasn't, I wasn't raised in the faith at all. When I was 16 years old, I was a partier. I was always doing all these crazy things, and I randomly had this desire to go to church. So I walked myself down to the local Catholic church, and I didn't understand any of it. My friends told me that the, the building was going to burn down when I walked in there. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what a sinner was. And um, I still had this weird desire to still go to church. And I remembered when I was a child, I slept over a friend's house, and her mom said, if you want to sleep over on a Saturday, you have to come to church with us on a Sunday. And she took me to this Protestant church, and I remembered it, and I went to it. And I started going there for about a year and a half. And in this time, I started to see, like, I don't really want to be like the world and I got super extreme in my faith. I was attached to my Bible. I was, everything was about Jesus. And um, I got this group of friends. We together became super traditional. And tradition is beautiful. We all converted to the Catholic faith and it's all very beautiful. But for me, for somebody who is super all or nothing, and I constantly wear these masks of trying to be good. I I put on a mask to say, hey, look at me, like this self-glorification. Um, it became too much. And when I became Catholic, I became super traditional and super rigid. And I was this fully pious woman on the outside, but inside I was super empty. I was super lost. I was super sad. I would be in the chapel all day long going to Mass every day. Oh, I lived the best life. Like, my life is perfect. Who wouldn't want a life like mine. And then I would go home, and I'd be super sad and empty. I had a friend who told me about Janakalo. Her brother was in community. He was an addict and she came for like a couple of experiences. People can come and check out our community and come for a week at a time or six weeks and live our life with us or we can enter and he told me to go check it out for the summer and I was like, all right, I'll go for a little retreat. And. <laughs> I did. I, went, I was a nanny and the family I nannied, this is just the providence of God, the family that I nannied was leaving to go to Spain for six weeks. And I went to Adoration. I was like, okay, Mother, where would you like me to go? I don't want to stay idle." And she said, Shnako. So I said, all right, I'm going to go to Shnako for a little retreat. And my second day here, I was in the chapel and I was with my guardian angel and we were all together. And I think we were praying the rosary. And my second day here, I started just hysterically crying and trembling and shaking. And she goes, okay, my guardian angel says, let's go outside, you know? So I went outside and I didn't say a word. I just sat on the bench and weeped. And when I was able to take a breath, I said, I'm stuck here. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord wants me to stay. And she goes, what do you mean? It's only your second day. Don't worry about it. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I have this peace I do not understand, and I know the Lord is wanting me to stay here. And I didn't understand it. And um, nine, I'm nine months later now, I've stayed, and I haven't gone home. And I don't regret a moment of it. Being here, I am truly like the slave that was chained, and I am walking every day having chains broken. And it's like, it's not like I'm doing something. It's not like I'm getting better at my prayer and my words are better. It's not like I'm becoming more pious. It's not that at all. It's the life I live here. Mother Avira teaches that when the men, they went to the the house and they started rebuilding this house because it was an old broken house. Like the rebuilding of those walls is the rebuilding of our interior, of us inside. And the life that we live here through our works every morning, um, through our friendships, through the ways that we pray, that is what is rebuilding the inside. It is not a treatment. It is not a regimen or this routine that is like that you'll go to at rehab. It's nothing like that. It is completely the Holy Spirit. It is completely adoration. It is the ways that we learn how to work with our hands. Mother Avira teaches that our hands are our first providence. <laughs> and I remember the first time that I understood that. I worked so hard with my hands one day. I've given so many opportunities to work in ways I've never worked before. And I thought I was a hard worker, but... Being here teaches me really what it means to work hard, what it really means to use the gift of my body, the gift of my hands. And I remember the one day I worked so hard, my hands were callousing. I went to the chapel and I prayed it, and I was just cried, looking at my hands, thanking God for the gift that I'm able to use my hands for a good purpose. I'm seeing slowly by slowly who Jacqueline is. And not who the world says Jacqueline is or who the world wants Jacqueline to be for so long, like in Ephesians it says, like, I was a slave to darkness, you know, I was a slave to the will of the devil, the dark one. But now I'm in Schnocklo and now I am I'm a slave to the light. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm being broken free. I'm yeah, I have such joy and it's authentic and I'm learning the goodness of life through the lifestyle here.
0: If you're
2: just tuning in, I would tell you you're listening to The Family Room, and you're listening to Albino, and you're listening to Marley and Jacqueline. And I'm going to tell you now the truth. You are listening to the work of the Holy Spirit. I have, we have had awesome guests, and we've had amazing things. But to watch and see, and and folks, I wish you could see the faces that we're looking at here. Just thank you for sharing that with us. I've noticed something when you folks talk, and, and I think, Marley, you said it. You said, hey, I tried rehab. I'm not sure I'm using the right word where you said rehab or a program, but I hear you talking over and over not about a program but about community. I'm getting a feeling that it's an important difference, but maybe you could help me understand it better.
5: Yeah, I like I said, I like tried treatment, and I went, and there's a, there's a huge difference. and It's very simple. It's a very simple difference. It's like um, kind of how Albino said and Jacqueline saying that like we're really immersed in faith, And I think that's the biggest difference is, like, the relationship with God that is presented to us, the encounter with God that is presented to us. I feel like it's not just about, like, in a a rehab or, like, a treatment sense. It's not just about getting clean or and then starting over and you're in, like, you're in this cycle of, treatment and then having to, you know, do it on your own or, but it's like teaches you charity It teaches you like love. It's not about money. It's not about your own selfishness to to do what you need to do and and go back to work or, you know, it's like really rebuilding your life. And like, that's the importance of it. Loving one another, like learning that. Um, Mother Avera calls it the school of life and not that not many people get the opportunity to experience We're we're taught how to live, like the teachings of the community teach us how to live live a life, a fulfilling life. At the end of the day, you're, like, fulfilled because you love the person in front of you because you saw the person in front of you. And that's just, like, super special that just other places, you know, just don't offer. And that's why, like, people get stuck in this type of addiction. And it's very, very different than any other treatment because we have, in all of our houses and community, we have the Eucharist. We go to we have a personal adoration an hour every day. We have the Eucharist in all of our houses. Mm. Like that's a huge gift. Like the church has Jesus in, in the house, you know, but we <laughs> have him in our home where we sleep. Like you know, wow. and like it's just special. You just can't really experience it like that anywhere else. And but I would say that I would say like being able to like rebuild yourself and then being taught to always see the person in front of you to love. It's the charity and the way that you overcome yourself and your selfishness and all these these like interior feelings, um, it brings you out. It, it fulfills you, and that's like where this emptiness comes from. Is like we think that we need to feel feel something for us, but really, like you just you're you're something for someone else. That's the gift of your life. You give the life, the gift of your life to someone else, mm. and that's what truly fulfills you. And I feel like that's what community has taught me personally and like i'm sure Jacqueline too and and all of us
3: you know and i feel like that's the biggest difference is like the faith they immersed in faith um encounter with god and like the love you know. well i mean you've just given a testimony to the answer to every one of our problems yeah you know the answer to you know we're worried about a politician we're worried about this i'm not mm-hmm. good enough i'm not whatever and mm-hmm. the answer is jesus christ the answer is living the faith he gave us very simply, right? I mean, I'm looking at you too. Uh, I can see Albedo as well, but I'm looking at you too is, is almost like the two apostles that Christ sent out and said, Don't take anything with you. <laughs> don't take money. Don't take anything and go. I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going to pour the Holy Spirit on you. And you're living it. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what else to say, but it's for me, it's a huge testimony of trust Christ, live the faith do what he's given you to do. And it's going to change your world from you inside and the outside. And it's just going to be an amazing testimony to everybody out there that's searching. Yeah. I think it's beautiful.
1: Yeah. You, As you told your stories, it's so clear that you learn to trust. Um, as Albino said earlier, you were living in a world where there, there wasn't a lot of trust. You learn to trust, you learn to love, you learn to love sacrificially. And to give and we can just see it by the looks on your faces that it brings such peace and joy and hope. And that's kind of what I see, too. You know, as the apostles are sent out, they are sent out with hope and they were sent out with this gift of healing and hope and Jesus and that, you know. Listeners, if you were listening, if you have anybody in your lives, I'm going to start crying again. We've been going through the box of tissue here as we've been listening to these precious girls. But if you have someone in your life who needs this, please, please reach out. And as we said before, if you go to... Hope reborn.org You don't have to be Catholic. You know, these two young ladies are Catholic. Obviously, Mother Elvira is Catholic. It is a Catholic place. You do have Jesus in the Eucharist right there. You have daily rosary. You each have your daily adoration hour as well. Um, but I know you do take people who aren't Catholic. And just by example, they're offered this amazing gift of, of Jesus. So Marley, you've been there a year and a half. Jacqueline, you've been there nine months. It sounds like the normal um, time in community is about three years years is that correct yes okay so three years and then i know you mentioned somebody mentioned before that you kind of almost have even though there's not a program it's like the first year you're really working on your body and then in your mind and then your spirituality but god's woven throughout all of that is that right is there is there anything more detail you guys want to talk about kind of just what that that looks like and albino you can you can jump (laughs) into if you want to
5: yeah so Um, Mother Alvira teaches that it takes three years, you know, for the addict to get to that point, you know, at first you got to work on your body, like getting it back to um, working like this. And then, you know, after a year, your fog is gone. You know, you can start to think right. Mm -hmm. And then the spirituality comes and you start to grasp things and you start to see clearly. Um, it's not that we work first years for your body, second years for your mind and spirituality, but it's that, that is how it comes over the years. And that's how, um, like how we like kind of enter in, um, like for the addicts, but um, everyone moves at their own pace. The Holy Spirit moves at um, at different paces for everyone. Because you know, myself, I didn't um, I didn't enter as an addict, so you know, I didn't have much fog to get rid of outside of the masks that I wore, um, and I still am tearing those off. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the three years it really helps you to come to find yourself. Um, it's not like. Yeah, we don't have a, it's not a program that, you know, we say you need to be here for three years. It's free will to be here. Mm. Um, but the fruits, you know, are so good. You can't deny the fruits to being here that, it, that, you know, it's a hard lifestyle. It's a hard lifestyle to look at yourself every single day, have people, a part of our life is that we have people telling us the truth every single day. Uh, we point We point out the things in one another that are flawed to help mm. them to grow like marley and i we constantly are you know going head to head with one another but afterwards we we love one another because (laughs) true friendship we learn is not um seeing something about somebody and just letting it be true friendship is pointing it out and telling the sister hey i see that you do this hey i see that you're a liar hey i see that you know you're a little sneaky or you know uh i see that you're a little bit quiet you know we point these things out um not to not to be mean. No, no, no. But Mother Abbey teaches this that because these are called help. We are to help one another to grow, to call each other higher.
3: So do me a favor. Clarify something, though, because you said, and Albino, maybe you can address this, that um, you weren't you an addict, though. So what prompted you to go there? And Albino, do you have non-addicts that go that are looking for healing from other things?
5: Yeah, so... I had one of my best friends, her brother was an addict, and she told me about this place. And, you know, she knew about, like, my own struggles, and she knows the fruits of community, of how it is just, like, a stream of healing. Like, she she would describe it to me, and she herself wasn't an addict. But she would describe it to me, and she would say, "There's just some, there's just something about Chinakalo. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there's just something about Chinakalo that is healing." And, um, I knew I needed healing. I knew, you know, how empty I was being in the world, and how dry it was, how it was really tearing me apart. And I needed something. I needed some substance to like bring me back to life. I was, I was
3: honestly, truly dead inside, but to the world, I looked alive, and I looked like I had it put together. Yeah. And you and a lot of people, yeah. And yeah.
1: albino, albino, it looks like you have a thought. Yeah, because also
4: the community is born. In the beginning, was born for the people struggling, you know. But through the years, we we saw that, uh, you know, even if you are not an addict, you know, there are people that we see also for the girls' house we have a lot of girls that come for experience. They come to experience a life that is different, uh, that uh, experience uh, something different in their own life, also because they need a a break, they need a lift in their life, they need a push, they're stuck, unhappy, uh, maybe successful too, you know, went to school, college, you name it, you know, but it's missing a lot. Mm -hmm. And those guys, young people, they come also, How many young people now in these days are anxious and depressed? Are the key words of the young generation now, which they have everything at their own hands? They have a phone, computer, video games all day. They are locked, social media, you name it, are so close in their own self, and then they are so anxious and so afraid to make any decision in life. Instead, in community. You know, first of all, you take a break from your own family, from everything. Yeah, away from your own your room. You mm-hmm. know, so you are okay. So you begin to dialogue. There is not a telephone, so you're so pretty much you need to communicate with the others. Uh, there is not the uh, for the girls. Uh, look at your own self. Uh, how I look. How mm-hmm, I am mm-hmm.
1: how- The whole social <laughs> media. Mm-hmm
4: image uh, that there needs to be so much pressure on it that's why you see them uh, no makeup nothing in communities pretty much is like there is a beautiful dress code very simple modest uh, you know that uh, uh, they call it Amish girls you know, <laughs> you know Yeah. The, whatever you know whatever but in the meantime because also that the focus the focus is on uh, on the beauty of our own life
1: you know. yes yeah. Yeah, and that's so well said. And um, Albino, Jacqueline, Marley, we are blessed to have been with you guys today. I think we need to talk to you again sometime because the Holy Spirit is just on fire today. Listeners, once again, if you go to our show notes and you'll learn more about. Um, this beautiful community of Chinacolo. If you want if you have somebody who needs to potentially look into applying, you'll find that on the website. If you also have um, want to donate, you can donate and support as well. So go to hopereborn.org and um, we are just going to say come Holy Spirit as we close out today. So come Holy Spirit. Um, In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. God bless you all. And please join us again here in the Family Room next week where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families.
0: Thanks for hanging out with us in the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.